Join us each week where we'll show you how getting outdoors with your family can help your kids be happier, healthier and smarter. And you'll open the door to a whole lot of fun too. So come on, lace up your boots and let's go and play outside. Here's your host, Tanya Maloney. Hello everyone and welcome to Nurture in Nature Radio. I'm your host Tanya Maloney and this is episode number 13 of the show. Today on the show I'll be speaking to a wonderful lady named Diana Suskind. Diana's a great friend of mine which I'm really lucky to have and she's also the founder of Stonework Play, a very special way to connect with nature. So I'm not going to talk too much and give too much away about the interview right now because the interview itself will speak for itself. We've even got a couple of kids joining us to tell you how they feel about Stonework Play and how it makes them feel. Now I will apologise, the audio on this is not the greatest. There's a bit of an echo when Diana speaks. Um, Mostly that's probably because she was in Massachusetts in the middle of a snowstorm and I was sitting here in my office at home here in Australia. So, um, and we love technology, don't we? So I apologise for that, but trust me, stick with it because it really is a great interview and when you hear what the kids have to say, you'll just be blown away. So without further ado, let's get straight into the interview and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. So hi everyone, Tanya Maloney here and today I'm really excited to have a wonderful lady here chatting to us and a dear friend of mine, Diana Suskin. Diana is an early childhood consultant and artist who brings her creative spirit to support children with their personal, emotional and social development. She taught for many years as an associate professor at Fitchburg State University in Lemonster in Massachusetts in the US. She is also the founder of an incredible organisation and a process called Stonework Play, which I know you're going to love learning about today. So welcome, Diana. It's wonderful to have you here. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Okay. So now I know that, that those watching and listening to this interview are going to love learning about your work and the great ways in which you help connect kids and people of all ages with nature. But before we get into the really amazing work you do, I would like to ask ask you about your own memories of when you were a kid and about where your own personal connection to nature began. Could you share with us a bit about that? Mm -hmm. My father built a camp at Tisco Lake in Syracuse, New York, and um, I just remember being in the willows. It was near the camp and there were all these trees and you could go in and find fossils and stones. And also there was a dock and where I went swimming, I would go and find the stones and put them on the dock. And there was a couple that I loved. They looked like chocolate with nuts in them. (laughs) I don't know why. And there was another one my cousin found. It was a kind of butterfly. It was a fossil of a butterfly inside. It looked like a nest, but it was a, a stone. So yeah, I love stones. And then I I enjoyed that and skipping stones and, and building with stones. I just thought that they everyone each one was so unique and special that they would collect them. Beautiful, excellent. Well, I, I know my kids love collecting stones too, and I think I did when I was a kid as well. So my um po- my pocket my kids' pockets and my washing machine often gets full of of, of stones <laughs> and all sorts of nature's loose parts, which is wonderful. So, um, so you talked about your experiences as as a child and playing with with stones and and really connecting to those. How did that? translate into the journey that you're on now into stonework play and teaching others how powerful this this medium is to work with well i also studied with Marta gerber and i'm a writer associate and the joy i have in observing babies and i did that for like 10 years at the college um i also saw that um getting I was very concerned what's going on in the world, and especially even in America with all the technology, they're not being engaged in nature, and they're not seeing the beauty in it. And I'm an artist too, and so I painted stones in different 
like if it was springtime or wintertime, and they feel the independent pings of big stones and rocks and stuff. So, um, do you want me to go into the Nepal? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I was asked to go to Nepal um, the first time with Helping Hands Nepal, and then I I went a second time. Um, and I met this, the, these characters from Hem School, and they wanted me to see their school, see their school. So I saw it, and I was very upset that they thought they were so proud of it. But all it was is they were taking the kind of the bad things from the United States and pencil and paper, and there was no creativity, nothing. So they asked me to come back, and I did just hands-on curriculum. So I started, they didn't even have scissors. I mean, they just, the children just had a pencil and a paper, and they would copy. And so um, I decided they needed, they needed parts, or they needed something to be creative with, but they don't have very much money. So I, I don't know, I was walking, and I looked on the ground, and I saw that that in itself um, just it met all the criteria. It moves, it, it's free, anybody can have it, and let's see what can happen with it. So I just said, can we try to do it with the, with the, in the parents? And they wrote a letter to the parents, and they brought in stones from the river, uh, river stones, like kind of river rocks, and they just had so many, they were beautiful. We put them in a big... Um, a barrel and then the first day I thought I'm going to just do it with you know one or two classes well the school has two tiers like up kind of an upstairs balcony kind of, and then downstairs and all of a sudden the whole school's out <laughs> I was shocked and I just knew I had it they were something so special so with the real young ones they were making shapes and then as they got older they were making more more like stories and they made the church and they made this one little boy made five birthday cakes and that's how the title of the video if you see and it's just a little stone on top of a big stones and it was his five birthday cakes a really lovely a really lovely beginning of this beautiful um journey that you're sharing with with the world which is lovely i mean they used it even when um after they gotten the skill then when the earthquake happened then they used the stones to help make sense out of what you know they got themselves so they could be in charge so they built up with the stones and then they knock them down but then they built them up beautiful again and they saw that they they could survive you know it really i think it really helped emotionally Excellent. So, yeah, so, and, and that's, you know, it's testament once again to the power of nature and just simplicity in, in helping people heal and learn and, and really grow and connect with each other as well as, as connecting mm -hmm. with nature too. So, excellent. So was there a specific moment in that time when you were in Nepal or back here in the States where you really knew that this was what you were meant to be doing? Was there something someone said to you or someone someone did or something you saw that really just things clicked for you? I think it was the first day I, that I saw I mean, they were totally different children. They were totally engaged. They were moving around. They weren't, it wasn't like bedlam of any kind. They were just being um, in the present. And I think I think that was really the moment I, I had that smile on. Beautiful. I knew this wasn't gonna this wasn't gonna stop, <laughs> but I didn't know it was gonna be so long. <laughs> Excellent. So you so you're in Nepal and, and then when you came back to the States, what what happened or what did you how did you start to progress the work that you do now? Well I um childhood exchange, I went to um a a section of the World Forum, and um, I met Michael Follett and Elizabeth Jarman, and then we went, I ended up going to England for a while and did research with her, case studies, and I was just looking at the book now. We did do a lot. So Diana, can you tell us exactly what is Stonework Play? It's so incredible, I'd sure. like you to share it. It, it. It's really easy. Stonework Play is the open-ended response to the invitation to play and work with stones, providing a distinctive opportunity for teachers and parents, anyone, to engage with children in authentic, creative, natural activity. So stonework play responds to nature's power to enrich the imagination. Stones are 
a kinesthetic medium, never fixed in place or meaning the ground and endless canvas in the hands that, that arrange the stones are the brushes that move them. So it, it's just, it's being in the present and being totally there and then they can go away or they can be moved, you know, they can be put away. But it's, um, and it encourage, I think, it, stone play encourages self-directed learning, meaning they are in charge. They're, they're totally in charge. It teaches or helps with critical thinking skills of like what stones they're going to use and how they're going to use it um, and what story they're going to make out of it. And it provides um, sustained um, involvement and effort rather than excitement and so much. Um, Lillian Cass taught me that, that um, what did she say? She said something, oh, she said that please don't confuse excitement with learning. You can be addicted to excitement and that's a dangerous thing. The danger being that we may come to encourage children to merely seek a stimulation, which seems to be exactly what often happens today, where I want the stimulation to come from inside and I think stones are like the the little a nature kind of thing that will just ease into losing your imagination. Beautiful. So, they're, so provocation, they're a provocation, but they're a they're a, a gateway mm-hmm. to the to the child's and the adult's imagination and creativity and storytelling and it's such a it's such a rich process in, in not just imagination but in vocabulary and in, you know, so yeah. and writing it trusts, and all sorts of it, stuff as well, yeah. It trusts the individual's choices, you know, and it, the timing, they can go slow. They, they, it, I think it helps intensify focus and concentration, and, and the adult observes without expectations. There's no expectations with, you know, there's no right or wrong, and it gives so much freedom to a child, you know, and then you can keep doing it over time and you can record and keep them and see how they change over time. It's really pretty. Can anyone really do this? Is it, you know, is it appropriate, say, for a child who, you know, in in classrooms all around the world, you have teachers saying, you know, um, a particular child won't concentrate for very long? Absolutely. Yeah, I told, I told you a story. Um, when I was helping um, Gail Nadell in um, Sacramento, she's with Head Start, and this child, they said, I, we, you know, don't expect anything. He just can't sit still. He can't, you know. He was the most engaged. He was totally in control. He was moving those stones, and he was making the most elaborate um um, design with the stones. So I, I just, I've not seen a child get upset or they want to quit. One time I saw it in Boston, at Children's Museum in Boston, they, um, this boy wanted to make a robot and he, he had to do it differently. And the teacher said it's fine. I mean, the, the director uh, at Boston, like he said, can I draw it first and then I'll use the stones. So he, he couldn't, he, sure, he said, she said that's like a, not a floor plan, like a, what does an architect use? Yeah, his drawings like a plan like a draft yeah a draft and so he did it that way because he couldn't figure out with the stones and i thought that was very interesting that you know it can go anyway well do you want to know the, the five i came up with five steps are you into that yet yes so, <laughs> so so if we're wanting to do stonework play in our families or in our school <laughs> what are the five steps that we need to do and they're very simple which is really cool yeah, maybe we can make a word make a word out of the five steps like the G C R N S. Okay, the first one is gathering. So you gather the stones, and I'm so proud of you. I heard yesterday you went. I just had this feeling you went and gathered some stones and pebbles with your children. We did. <laughs> right? We did. We're we're um we're actually going to do some stonework play today, which is lovely. So I'll send you the the photos and the stories that. Yeah. So anyhow, you gather, and I, I think it's important that the parents do it or the child does it, and they actually gather. But if you can't, then the teacher has to, and or the parents can bring them in, and then you sort them, and you put them, and you design a really nice 
So it's inviting. I like a monastery question. Like it's very inviting to choose the stones. I use a long wooden trough. Um, I just got new cigar boxes that are made out of wood. It's covered the, the, the cigar boxes, and so you can gather. So the white ones are together, the red ones are together, or the black ones and the shiny ones. You can sort it any way you want. So then they purposely pick up the stones they want. So you're collecting your own stones with your family or friends, and then you select the stones that interest you. You can sort them, and then you find a flat surface to work on. But I'm going to say it over and over, please take your time, there's no hurry. Okay, then the second step is constructing. Constructing is just building, just deciding, letting the stones almost talk to you. They're almost like magic in that they you know, you don't. You can erase them. You can move them around. You can start again. You can go back. The younger the child goes back, with oh, they have little baskets, and they go back and get the stones and bring them back. Um, that transporting is really important for toddlers. And you're going, oh, toddlers? Yeah, I do babies. Even eight months, as long as the stone is bigger and they can't swallow it, you just have to, you know. I've never seen anyone get hurt in this sense. It's expectations of adults that are afraid. Okay, so you constructed it. Um, and you use the various shapes and weights and colors of the stones to create whatever you're going to create. You work independently and at your own pace. Again, be quiet inside yourself. When I'm with the whole group, I, I tell them in advance, this is between you and the stone, <laughs> and you have to be quiet. <laughs> And they listen to me. It's like silence. It's so funny. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, we're ready. Okay. Then the next thing, step three, is rendering. And rendering, I, I love that word, but it's a good word because you're now happy with your stone construction, and it's time to render. So you, I give a pencil and a paper and a um, clipboard, and they they draw a representation of your stone construction. I, I tell them to pretend they're a camera because we have to put the stones away so you'll remember and copy exactly what you see. So if, um, a couple times you see a child will just draw a line and I say, is that what you see? What are those? Oh, stones. Oh. So then they count the stones. They draw the stones. I saw one child trace the stones because he wanted it to be perfect. And then I share this thing about shading and with, they can lift their finger and shade it so they can tell which ones are darker stones if they have one stone on top of another. So again, while you're doing that, you're taking your time to remember your story. You know, in a way, your story is kind of going on in your mind. So then the step four, you're narrating. And narrating means you finish with rendering and you write or dictate a story about the stone creation. And you give the title, you give your work a title Okay, and then you're doing that. Um, I created this term, I think I could say it now, is Terry time. Um, Terry time is a term I coined, um, it is the amount of silence between interaction, verbal or nonverbal. So the silent space is fertile ground for creativity, and stonework play facilitates it. It really does. And you can see that the more concentrated they are, the slower they move the stones, or they'll think, oh, that stone's not okay, and they'll go search for another stone. They just, it's almost like making a 3D puzzle. I never thought of it before, but it is. And then <laughs> the last one is sharing. And the sharing is that, um, it depends on the group, but you, if you, after you finish, you walk around and look at others, and then what they see is, wow, we had the same directions, all the stones are different, and all the stories end up being different. You know why? We're all the same, but yet we're different. And it almost brings a different level of respect. So they do a, a museum walk and talk, like they walk around, and then they go from each one and they share. And it's, I think they, they'd be surprised by the dramatic differences in, in the work that they do. Um, and they, I think it really is um, cathartic and it encourages empathy. Um, they listen silently and they share their stories and instead of clapping, we go put your hands up in the air. Can you put your hands up in the air? No, you put your hands up yeah, like that and you just shake. Yeah. And so there's no, if they want to say they like what they did, but it's not a big thing, but it's not to ruin the atmosphere of, of gentleness and quietness.
So the five steps again are yes. gathering, constructing, rendering, narrating, and sharing. And, and Diana, if, you know, as you said before, you can do stonework play with babies to, you know, kids from 99 plus. <laughs> so yeah. it's really great. And, and in, that, in that space where the children are narrating and sharing their stories, if they're, you know, so if they're preschool age and they're not up to writing yet, they, how does that work? What do they do? They, they... Well, they okay, a couple of things. They can tell, tell the story to the teacher. They tell what it's about. Um, they could just give it a title, which is hard for when they're little, like, what is this, you know, like, um, they, I was at University of Connecticut just a couple weeks ago, and they said, they think that their children rendering is great, but they didn't think they were ready, and they came up with the idea of they could have a paintbrush and just wet the stones, so they would still have the feeling of moving and feeling how, the shape of the stones, but I saw little ones, I mean, really, toddlers and they can make little circles you know and they can they can do it and it's their rendition of of what they did with themselves absolutely very good i know my kids when they draw beautiful pictures you know and, and, I, and yeah, I ask yeah. them what they are and they they always say well isn't it obvious mum you know I, you can i can see a truck there or a or a princess or whoever you know or a tree or a penguin there was there was one man um and it was father's day at the boston museum and i think it was really pretty and the little girl she was not even two and she made she put the stones in a circle and she was real serious and and there was like things in the middle so i wanted i wasn't sure what it was so i asked him to ask her and because i didn't know her, and he's she says my daddy's face and like so like strong like how could you not know that it was in his face and it was father's day and he just started to cry <laughs> like that was a picture <laughs> I, imagine I would cry, be crying a lot with some of those sto stories as well great. <laughs> we touched a little before on some of the stories that that really make this work very very special um could you share with us some of the stories that kids and adults um, have shared with you and some of their experiences with stonework play over the years that you've been doing it? Well, one we talked about that was really powerful for me is what, after the disaster the, um, in Nepal, and they actually said that man laid down on the floor and cried a lot. You know, he, he and then another one, all the stones are the people centered, gathered together in an open place, hoping to be safe during the earthquake. So they were doing things to get, to help them make sense out of what was going on. Um, when I worked at a hospital and cancer, a cancer ward, and this one girl made a butterfly. She was 12 years old, and she said, "Once upon a time, there was a tooth fairy with a huge wings. She carried a purse in the shape of a circle to hold all the teeth she collected. Love surrounded her wherever she goes." But I had to boil the stones because they said they had to be clean in there, and it was okay. Oh, this one, I didn't share this one before. I really like it. There was a father and his son, and he had two twins, and they were, they, it was their birthday today. They were younger. And so he was so clever. He made, well, first, I'll tell you what he said. His name was Brayden. He said, once upon a time, there were a few kids playing baseball. They loved doing it. And then one of them got out. And then Zach, my brother, was up for a batting, positioned himself, and he got a home run. Kayla, my sister, was up, and she hit the ball. Brayden, me, caught it, and then she was out. Then we all got a turn and went home. Well, what he did... The characters he made, he said, Brayden, he chose animals that best portrayed his family's personalities. Brayden is a bear, it's him. Zach, he made as a monkey with the stones. Kayla, he made her a lamb. And today was special because it was the twins' birthday. So I just thought it was funny. And then the father made, he had a mouse and a flower and a hummingbird and a snake. And he said, Mike the mouse hid from Sam the snake while the hummingbird sipped nectar from Daisy the Daisy. The Daisy. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Is it funny, do you find that, um, do you find that kids have 
more elaborate stories than adults generally or, or is it is it kind of depend on the person? I, I think they get really, um, okay, this is my great niece and I don't know if you can see her, but she made um, a boy that never wanted to go to school and then it was a, a zebra and she said, pet day. Once upon a time, there was a boy. He wasn't the most normal kind of kid. He had his own line, giraffe, and peacock, and lots more. He was nine years old, and he still never went to school. Finally, it was time to go to school, and he had a lot of trouble. Then came Bring Your Pet Day. He was chosen to do it, so he brought his pet, the zebra. Some kids went home black and blue. It's a lovely creative stories. I think I think as you said before, it's you know, the kids the stones almost talk to you when you're doing this and, and for a child I know sometimes my little boy he has trouble getting started with his stories and his writing mm-hmm. and, and it's really I think a great open ended invitation for the kids to create with less pressure mm-hmm. than sitting down with was- a piece of paper in front of this, I don't know if you can see it, but this is a dinosaur. And I didn't know it was a dinosaur, but I thought it was something. He took one stone at a time. This was at the um, Acton Museum. And I'm going back. They just have a huge, big um, treehouse. And we're going to do it portable there. But anyhow, if you notice his body, the bottom legs are really strong and bigger and the neck pieces are very little and then he goes one at a time and go back and forth and back and forth and I thought maybe that was the tail and I couldn't figure it out but at the top it was a uh, was it Tyrannosaurus Rex and he has a little head and so that was his dinosaur Very good. and it took the whole the whole length of the museum, I mean, of the room that we were in. I thought it was cool. And his father was so proud. His, he laid down, and I took a picture, so he was shorter than the giraffe. <laughs> oh, than the dinosaur. Yeah. Shorter than the dinosaur. <laughs> Beautiful. Excellent. So that's, you know, there were, the, the, this child particularly is working with gross motor skills and um, fine motor skills as well, aren't they? They're really, you know, it's such a whole body experience. Mm. And, and mind as well, obviously, mind and imagination. Um, what um, what about when you work with adults? So if you're working with teachers, and or or parents, and you're wanting them to get to know stonework play and how it feels and, and what it's all about, and then be able to share it with their kids, what do they say? Or what's the sort of process you like to go through with adults before they share it with kids? I would go through the process I just mentioned to you and and take it real serious and then they share, um, then they feel it. If you just go into the classroom and it's an activity and the the adult is in there, they don't buy into it, but if they see how emotional or how, how it touched their heart, then they would do it. And I tried it many ways when I was in England. I would do it with the whole staff, and then they were invested and they saw the importance. And in the school, in the daycare I was in, they have it um, in every classroom and outside. And they have it, um, let's see, they had it in every classroom and outside. I was really impressed. And um, the school that I was in, um, the daycare in, at University of Connecticut, um, they after we did it with the adults, now they they did it with the the children. I mean, it's in each of the classrooms, and and they can decide. You know, oh, after they do it, then you can discuss it. And not only just adults with children, it's a real great tool for. Um, getting on the same page, team building with organizations or teachers in the beginning of the year. Like, what do you want for children this year? It's, uh, just make a, a sentence up like that. And you wouldn't believe the stories they'll come up with. And that, then it's almost like they shared a part of them that they didn't know before. And that's what they love. The children, like, I didn't know that. You know, like, they really respected each other a lot more. Very good. So we'll see Stonework play in boardrooms across the world and um, yeah. maybe in the White House. I just want like an international Stonework play game. Like we get like you, the Monday. You and I, you and I will, uh, will work on Start. making an international Stonework play day. I think that'll be wonderful. Can go along with International Mud Day. 
Mm. Beautiful. So stay tuned for that, definitely. Um, now, Diana, one of the things that I love about Stonework Play, from talking to lots of parents and working with lots of parents and, and teachers as well, is that, you know, when the weather outside is a bit frightening, like you, you've got some beautiful snow there uh, today <laughs> where you are, and, you know, today here it's summer, so we're going to be pretty hot, and sometimes it's too hot and too cold to go outdoors. One of the things I love about Stonework Play is that portability and adaptability, so you can do this indoors and you can also do it outdoors. Right. And it would be really nice to do it during the holiday, like during the Christmas time or Christmas time or Hanukkah. Then it's a time besides getting all the material things to do just what's really important to each of them. Um, there's a video. Um, it says Stonework Play. Uh, one family, many stories. They can get on YouTube or on, I mean, on my website. That will give them an opportunity to see how to do it. So you you do stonework play not only with um, other families and other educators, but you do it with your own family, don't you? Mm-hmm. I practiced on them in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> what have they shared with you? Well, Noah is 10 and a half, she's a fifth grader, and she's co-president of her school in the L.A. area. And she did someone play at Skirtball in L.A. a couple years ago, and she remembered exactly what she made, um, which I was really sort of, I was surprised she kept making this stone castle, and then the next time she made a cave, but she was always saving a princess, or finding jewels for a princess, it was interesting. But anyhow, she said, what, what do you what, what do you like about it? I mean, you're, you know, tell me. She says, well, I have an opportunity to be myself. I feel relaxed. I use my imagination. And I'm in charge. And I can look at all the possibilities I can do with the stones. So she was really serious. Um, another great niece is um, Amelie. And she's from Chicago. And she said, stonework play is a way to be creative. It is unique. I feel so creative. It exceeds anyone's expectations. And they were were just talking to me, but it was cute. Um, I recommend um, definitely to try it in in a way to express yourself. So, and then she um, did a really nice one um, about a mermaid. and, And she was on the dock and the rule was you can't go swimming unless somebody comes down with you. So I guess she really wanted to go swimming, but she made her stones, like, so the water, like, two rows of, like, you know, up and down so they look like waves. And then she had a whole story underneath. So she, and then she made them on top of each other, but she made a fish and an octopus, um, what else? Um, a turtle and a mermaid. And she said that her, she's always with her nieces, her other cousins. And so she said they're all so different, but we're, we're from the same family. So she had each of them be one of those animals. And then she said that she ended up running away because her father said, you know, you can't go in the water or something. And so she left with them and she lived happily ever after. Then Emmett is eight years old and he's in the fourth grade and he he's so funny and he said it brings one together with your mind he said when i do stonework play i feel i'm in a zen mode <laughs> and he and he he says it, it gets your thoughts out and and it puts out my ideas and get i made a campfire because he had just did a campfire in the lake and his last words were so funny he said and i think we should coin it. He says, keep calm and nature on. Keep calm and nature on. Yeah. Play. I love it. That's really, really fantastic. Hi, everyone. It's just Tanya Maloney back again. We're well over halfway into this amazing interview. I hope you're really enjoying it. But I wanted to share with you now, through the voices of the children, Diana's great niece and great nephew, Amelie and Emmett, I wanted them to share with you in their own words what stonework play means to them. So I asked Diana to interview them as part of this interview and here it is now we'll be back to the regular part of the interview after we hear from these really great kids i hope you enjoy it hi tanya it's diana suskin and i'm with my great nephew Emmett krieger krieger 
<laughs> and he did Stonework Play a couple years ago, and he would like to share how he feels about it. I will ask him some questions, and he will be happy to answer. Okay, what did you like most about Stonework Play? I like uh, about Stonework Play is about the creativity um, with rocks and nature and stones and bring them together with the mind. Good. And, oh, first I should ask you, how old are you? And what I'm you eight, and I'm going into fourth grade. Great. Okay, how do you feel, what do you feel like when you're actually doing it? Remember when we did it? I feel like I'm in zen mode. Just put put stones there, make it look like something you won't imagine. And it just, make, it just really connects to the mind. Great. Um, what would you tell your friends about it? I tell them that they should do it like every day. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> if, uh, when they have the time to, it's just a great way to relax, to relax get, get your thoughts out. And it's a great way to, uh, to put out your ideas. Thank you very much. And then the last one that I have, and then maybe you have one, in the, when you did it, um, in a Skirball. Skirball at the museum. Do you remember what you made? That was yeah. a long time ago. Yes, I you remember? Wow. Yeah, I made a, a campfire. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, and I made like a camp too. It was really cool. Yeah, and he's visiting me. In fact, yesterday he visited me on my birthday, so I'm yeah. so happy. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell the boys and girls? Uh, yeah. Keep calm and nature on. Wow! Thank you so much. I'm shaking his hand. <laughs> Hi, Amelie. I'm Diana, and I know you know that I'm your great aunt, and I'm thrilled that you're going to be on the show with me. And you want to introduce yourself officially, and I will ask you some questions. Okay. So, hi, I'm Amelie Lou, and a few years back I did stonework clay, and I'm 11 years old. Wow. And you remember it? Yeah. Okay. All right, the first question is, what do you like, or what did you like most about Stonework Play? Well, I think I love it because it's a way to be creative, not just using paint or pencils. Um, you can use rocks, which have its own beauty to them. They're so unique that even if you, even if you made the same um, picture, it would all look different. Okay. How do you feel when you were doing it? Um, I felt like I didn't have to exceed anyone's expectations. I feel like there was no goal for me to do anything. It was just something that I really wanted to do and um, that I felt I kind of, um, I, it, I didn't have to make it any certain way. I just made it my own. But the thing that was so interesting is you made it so it was like under the water and you made it 3D. You put the stones on top of each other to make the fish and you'll tell about your story later, but it was awesome. What would you tell your friends about it? Um, I would tell them that they should definitely try it because um, it is really fun and it, um, it gives you a way to express yourself. Um, like if you're going through a hard time, you can express it through stonework. Okay, great. Um, remembering what you actually did, can you re share about it? Sure, should I tell the story? Tell the story. Um, yeah. So, I don't, I, remem I remember it, but I don't remember the story exactly. The father didn't want her to swim with yeah, somebody. Okay. I remember that. So, um, I made a picture of a mermaid and fish and a turtle, and I made it 3D, and my inspiration was, I was just looking, we were making stonework play on the dock. On the dock, yeah. And so I was looking at the water, and I saw everyone else's, and they were making land things. So I decided I wanted to do something different, make something watery. So the story was there was a king mermaid, merman, um, and there, he was telling his daughter that he she couldn't swim anywhere. She just had to stay with him. And that was the, like, initial, that was, like, the core to the story because um, 
like at that time I just felt like I wanted to go in the water but I, I had there there was there had to be someone watching me and of course that it was good because it's safety but um I kind of was feeling that at the time because I was younger then and I didn't realize it was for safety so I felt like um, that was kind of my that was kind of like my story uh, but you were swimming with three animals and he told you weren't there, there were three different animals that you yeah. put on that picture um that was supposed to represent kind of my cousins and how because we always swim together yeah we See, the octopus yeah I, I still remember um we always swim together and um it was kind of representing how also I remember that like the fish the turtle and the octopus they were all different I the love people the mermaid was different from the octopus the octopus was different from the fish and the fish was different from the turtle and they were all diverse and they they were they were not the same they weren't one creature Okay. Um, so, and I thought everything had to be different because no one was the same. And that's what I love about stonework. You, you, there's no obligation to make anything. You don't have to make the exact same thing as someone else. And even if you did have the same idea or you, or you just like their idea, it would not look the same because all the rocks are different and it would turn out to be a whole different picture and it would be something that you made, not someone else made, that it was a copy of. Good. Is there anything else you would like to share? Um, I just want to say that stonework is really fun and you should really try it. Great. Thank you so much. Aren't they fantastic? I just love hearing out of the mouths of children how they feel about nature. It's really, really special. I just had to share that with you. Now we'll go back to my interview with Diana. Now, before we finish up, I'm sure there, as we talked about, there are so many stories. Um, but are there any others that really stick in your mind as to the power of stonework play? Yeah, there was one where this little boy, the, the teacher said that he was abused and he was in foster care. And he took his stones and he put them like in a, it looked like a big snake or, you know, you know, like, and so then all I did was take a piece of paper and I wrote his name on it, like, you know, and I stuck it next to it. And they went out to play and he went over to eat. Well, the kids came back in and they just walked around it and they were looking at it and I saw, it was just so special. I saw the smile on his face sitting there. Like he was acknowledged for his work and he was really proud of it. Um, there was also a, a little girl um, that came from Finland and she didn't speak any English. This was in England. And she did, um, she did the tower and she built it up and it would fall down and she would giggle and she spent 45 minutes building it up and you know and just she was totally in charge and then later on a couple of weeks later I showed her the video of it and she just smiled like that she remembers how she felt and finally she felt safe you know and then they have um, a special community day and then everybody was doing stonework play there and a mother just cried like her father they, in this center they had outside they were doing marshmallows and they had a little fire and they had chocolate and she could smell the, the fire coming in and then she thought of her father and she made a star because he died that day like several years before and it was really special and then there was another child that he was so upset about bullying that his friend got bullied and he talked about it in his picture and he said he was very sad and at first I thought maybe he was being bullied but it was a friend on cyber that he didn't have money to go to college and it was an elaborate story lovely it's a lovely way to express feelings and um but, oh, the other thing is, there's no right or wrong, you know, like, this is a suggestion, but in the beginning, toddlers especially, they like to transport the stones back and forth in, in, a, in a vehicle or a little cart, you know, that's what's important. Or they, later on, the, the center that I was in, I was so happy, they're going to get rid of all the plastic, all the stuff in housekeeping, and they're going to get big, nice stones, you know, and let them decide if those are the place for the cops. Isn't that cool? Or the, like, or the tomatoes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. There was a girl at the Boys and Girls Club, and she was thrilled with the stones. And all of a sudden, I saw this big knapsack, a big plastic bag of stones that she was taking home. She said, I want to do this with my parents. Um, they'll love it. She says, I like this better than watching TV. And I just, that just was fantastic. She said, I never played with stones. And I, I couldn't believe it. This is, you know, middle class, upper middle class, and they even go, you know, they're on their computers and cell phones and everything. So it doesn't matter if you're rich or anything, anyone can do it. And I really would love it to happen in museums, like a permanent place that you could go in and do it. Um, or that it could just be available for people if they just want to work out a problem or work out, it'll, it'll help. Beautiful. And it's free, and so the whole world could do it, and maybe it would be a better place. <laughs> okay. There was a woman um, at the University of Connecticut at the Nature Center there, and it was such a pretty story. She said, and this is like going back in her past, she said, it was my fifth birthday, and my mom made me this big chocolate cake because I love chocolate so much. The cake was huge and dark brown, and it had a big vanilla heart on the top. On that day, I wore my birthday dress, white dress with huge pockets on the sides, and my favorite black and glossy shoes. And her name was Sabrina, and she just was so proud of her cake, and you know, you could just see the smile in her face that it went back to what was important when she was a child. And I can remember my mom, we used to have chocolate cakes and it didn't have frosting on it when I was really young, and then we got the chocolate on top. <laughs> and then we evolved to chocolate. <laughs> yeah. That's a good part of evolution. Very good. Oh, there was another one, I, I, I don't know if I shared with you, you know, I went with Michael Follett, um, I went, my last day he took me to um, Stonehenge, yeah, and we snuck in stones, you know, I, I borrowed them from the center, and I was determined, <laughs> and we just went on the ground, we, after the guard went away, and we started building, it was raining and everything, but it was like a real happening, we both did it, and then there's a group of people from Malaysia, and I just went, come, you know, you do too, no, 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 and come, come, and they did it, it was like so cool, and then they argued a little bit, um, what they were making, and they ended up making a big number one, and a big M, and they said, and it was really profound what they said, but they said, we're all in this world together. But Malaysia is the one that said it. <laughs> We're all one with the world. <laughs> so that's your one M. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I can imagine that. So this I just did it, like, you know, <laughs> in a place. You that so you're sitting in, sitting yeah. in the middle of Stonehenge in this incredible, yeah. <laughs> gigantic. It was, it was a happening. It was nice. Lovely, lovely, excellent. Well, Diana, I think, um, I, you know, we've covered so much today and Stone Oak Play is such a beautiful process and a beautiful, uh, you know, your story is beautiful where you've come from to do that. Is there anything you'd like to share with us before we finish up today? Um, that I think that we have something special here and that we could all try it and, and see where it takes us, but it could be a real... Um, peaceful way to communicate with ourselves and with each other. Beautiful. That's good. Well, I'm going to go and um, grab my stones after I feed I want to hear and I want to see. Yeah. I'll go and feed uh, my thanks. children their breakfast, then we'll go and play um, and create some beautiful stories with our, with our stones. Um, now, to finish off, I would love it if you would share your beautiful little poem that you've got um, about okay. stonework play and, and stones. Playing with stones. I wish I was a little stone, simply waiting to be chosen, smooth and shiny. I could flicker, gleam, and glow, or jagged, broken, pointed, rough. Careful, I may bump your toe. Perhaps not a stone, but a stone's friend I'd be, making magic every day between the oceans and the seas. Beautiful. I think that's a lovely way to finish off. So, as I said, we're going to go out and. Uh, 
and gather some stones. We have lots of stones around here. We're in a volcanic area. So thank you, Diana, for speaking with me. Oh, I'm going to miss you. We've been together a lot. Technical difficulties. Well, thank you for talking with us today. It's oh, been really great. I'm gonna, can you tell us, uh, one last thing, can you tell us your website and where we can find out more about the great work you do? Um, dsuskin.com and um, definitely on Facebook and my book should be coming out soon and it'll be I hopefully helpful and definitely you can look me up on Facebook there's some more play as well there excellent so there's lots of great resources there's a lot of articles too on, articles, you know. videos um, that can really show the power of stonework play and the wonderful work that you do and, there's some and I would love to see their work I would love to hear their stories you know. so get in so touch very good. All right. Well, thank you, Diana. I will speak to you soon. And as always, <laughs> okay. So that's this episode of Nurture in Nature Radio done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed it. Diana's a really special lady and her stonework play is just an incredible gift to the world. So um, keep an eye out for International Stonework Play Day too, of course. Now, before I wrap up, I just want to ask you um, to help me. Um, I'm trying to spread this incredible message and this really important message to connect kids and families and people of all ages with nature. And I need your help. The way you can help me is to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And just let us know what you think. It's really important so we can get up there on the iTunes charts or on the Android charts and really spread our message far and wide. So I thank you in advance for doing that. I look forward to reading your thoughts. And on that point, if you've got anything you'd like to uh, run past me, any ideas for future guests on Nurture in Nature Radio or any topics you'd like to cover, please get in touch with me. My email is tanya at nurtureinnature.com.au. So that's it. As I said, I look forward to bringing you another interview very soon. And for now, it's time to switch off whatever device you're listening on and switch back on to your family and nature and get outside for lots of fun, learning and memory making together. I'm your host, Tanya Maloney. This is Nurture in Nature Radio and I look forward to seeing you and your family outside. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening to Nurture in Nature Radio. Now let's go play outside. I'll race you to the door. See you again next week. Little trees need a chance to grow. It takes time and care. They're a lot like us, you know.